Uh, we have some additions and some deletions. We have uh, addition number one under new business will be the AUMA Linear Tax Assessment Symposium. And then we have an email to be added to the new business item number five concerning Misery Mountain. So uh, email, or sorry, it'd be item number five under new business. Misery Mountain, there will be an email. This it, it, email should have, uh, yeah. you should have received it your email this afternoon. Okay. And there's a copy in the folder. Then deletions. Uh, new business item number eight, RFD, Alberta Community Partnership Grant, is to be uh, removed. And the presentation from the North Peace Society for the Prevention of Domestic Animals will be also removed. That will be postponed. Uh, postponed, sorry, to another day. And that's uh, it, Your Worship. Are there any, uh, any requests for counselors for additions or deletions? Hearing none, I'll take a motion to accept the agenda as amended. Uh, Ms. Banky, all in favor of Ms. Banky's motion? Thank you. It's passed. Um, that'll take us to. Uh, so the initial item was an in camera item. Personnel, can we that's go to. Yes, yeah, she's. Okay, a little bit later. Okay, that's good. Uh, adoption of minutes. So we have the minutes of the January 11th, uh, 2016 regular meeting of council available. Are there, uh, do we need to make any uh, changes to that for clarification or for corrections? They look good to me, Your Worship. Okay. Are you willing to so make? If anyone, then I'll make a motion to accept the uh, minutes as presented. Okay, I looked them over as well and I thought they were fine. <coughs> So all in favor of Councilor Burr's motion? Are there any public hearings, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Um, as mentioned, the uh, presentation from the North Peace Society for Prevention of Domestic Violence, uh, uh, they'll come, they're going to be coming another day. Uh, that takes us quickly to bylaws. Uh, the first bylaw up on the uh, agenda is a request for decision for passing of bylaw 1974 to designate the site known as the Masonic Lodge number 89 as a municipal historic site. I take it you're speaking to this Ms. Bell? That is correct your worship. Um, this particular report and bylaws in regards to the Masonic Lodge, uh, number 98, uh, designation as a municipal historic resource. In August of this past year, 2015, administration brought to council information in regards to an application for municipal designation for this site. There was a process which was followed um, with it, the letter of intention um, sent to property owners. Uh, there was a 60-day period and that has concluded. Therefore, administration has brought back the formal designation bylaw for this location for council's approval at this meeting this evening. 
Um, administration provides you with some options related to the bylaw, though <coughs> recommends the passing in three consecutive uh, motions or co three consecutive readings the municipal de designation of the site. Okay. Um, any questions of Ms. Bell? What's the implication to the landowners with, with this designation? Does it put stipulations on their building and all of that? That's correct, yeah. And As per the bylaw, yeah. Okay, so you're saying that, like, did we didn't hear from them at all, or did we just not hear any negative from them? Th there or? was no, in terms of, um, there was a 60-day, I wish Laura was here for this process part of it, um, it's almost a cooling-off period, is that correct, citizen, do you recall? It's almost a, a period of time to allow the Masonic Lodge also, it's their designation at, based on their request for designation. Oh, so they're making this request Correct. for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. it's almost a, you have a period of time to ensure that you as a, as the property owner, this is what you'd like to purely step into. Okay. So yeah. that, I guess that was ultimately my question was making sure that they were aware of what they were oh, getting yes. themselves into then. Absolutely. And their letter is on the very last page of the uh, document in terms of that uh, there's no compensatory, this is a waiver of compensation. Oh, so that's they're what that recognizing okay. that we're not compensating them anyway, they can't come back for tax reduction or any sort of um, request in that regard. Okay, sorry, yeah. I misread that. Yeah, no, that's fine. Thanks. Yeah, you bet. Your Worship, I, I would put a motion on, on the floor that uh, we provide bylaw 1974 first reading. All in favor? Unanimous. Uh, is there anybody who wishes to make a uh, uh, motion for second reading? I want to make a, ask a question first. Oh, just just to cl clarify. Yes, they could potentially be available or could get grant money to help maintain the building to maintain the historical nature if uh, through the town or is that not through the town specifically um, previously the municipal government had um, historical um, funds available for through the municipal heritage and I'm going to say this wrong it was a very uh, partnership program but that program is no longer in existence if the town wanted to send up set up a grant program for municipally designated locations they could but at this time there is no such funding and there's no yeah. provincial funding at this time that's correct okay. yeah all right. all right thank you so you're now willing to make now make the, the uh, <laughs> motion, for motion to give second reading to the bylaws the 1974 <laughs> well in favor of mr burr's motion that's unanimous so uh if you want to go to the third reading you have to make a Motion to go to third reading. Yes, Your Worship, I put a motion on the floor to allow bylaw 1970 go, 1974 go to third reading. All in favor of Mr. Ford's motion? Okay. Do I hear a motion to go for third reading? Okay. All in favor of Councillor Benke's motion to pass bylaw 1974. And Thank you. it's hereby passed. Uh, just one question. So, are there is there a movement underfoot to make the arena a historical site? No. <laughs> okay. So we have uh, the second bylaw is a request for decision for first reading on bylaw 1975, and this is an amendment to the land use bylaw. 
Good evening. Good evening. So before you tonight is an amendment to our land use bylaw. Uh, it does a couple of different things. Firstly and primarily, it presents a new residential district, an R1 district, which means single detached dwellings, <coughs> and proposes to rezone three lots within the town of Peace River to that uh, district. This is a new residential district that would allow for zero lot line side yard development of single detached dwellings. That's currently not enabled within our land use bylaw, and uh, hence we have a development proposal in front of us that proposes to do that, so we wanted to create regulations that would control it rather than leaving this land which is currently in direct control. Direct control meaning that all uh, development decisions would come before council. So we'd like council to set the regulations so that administration can deal with it. Um, in addition to the standard components of the R1 residential district, it proposes to reduce the front yard, or sorry, the minimum lot width to 7.66 meters, reduces the front yard depth to 6 meters, uh, creates a minimum side yard of 0 meters provided that additional requirements are met, which I will get into in a little bit. It sets a maximum site coverage of 53% rather than 35%. And on lots where there is a zero meter side yard setback, uh, the other side yard would have to be 1.52 meters. All uh, roof leaders would have to conform to the town's standards in uh, section F of our municipal servicing standards. We would have a maintenance easement on the side yard that uh, is not zero meters and all dis uh, roof leader discharge would have to be would not be directed there. In addition, the maintenance easement would allow for uh, permission from the neighboring property to access that side to maintenance their their dwelling. There would be a 0.3 meter eave encroachment easement provided that the eaves of the two buildings don't get any closer than 0.9 meters. Uh, there'd be a 0.6 meter footing encroachment easement and any dwelling that was built with a zero side yard setback would also be required to have residential sprinklers in accordance with the National Fire Protection Association standard 13D. And we would also require that 50% of the front yard, uh, no more than 50% of the front yard would be hardscaped, i.e. no more than 50% of the front yard could be paved for a driveway. So we would not create a situation where our front yards were one large parking lot. Um, in addition to the, that part of the bylaw, we also have taken the opportunity to incorporate some changes to our caretaker office residence definition within the bylaw. Right now that bylaw limits a uh, caretaker residence in an industrial area to a manufactured home and this does not work in all of our industrial areas. We are proposing to amend the bylaw so that it, the dwelling must be associated with the business on site, uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a manufactured home that could then be removed. So it could be incorporated into the main office building, for example, that was on site. And that's something that's been on our list for a little while, but we haven't been able to bring forward a different bylaw, so we're just taking this opportunity to, to put them together. So tonight we're looking for first reading. Um, the advantage of this is that it would 
move us forward in the land use bylaw amendment process. We'd have to schedule a second or a public hearing before second and third reading of the bylaw, and that would allow us to move forward with the uh, peaceful homes development concept, which we are we've been working with that developer for many months towards. If you have any questions, uh, I can take them. We also have our development officer in the room right now, as well as two members of our fire department who can address the uh, sprinkler section of that bylaw. Did you see these, Alicia? Did you see my response? I, no, I haven't. No. Oh, okay. I, I apologize. I said oh, my I, first thing in the morning. <laughs> I don't check email during the day, so sorry. Oh, fair enough. Um, so the roof leader, that's the same as what I call downspout then? Yes, that's right. So the question I have, it says you can't direct it to the, the wider easement, but yeah. if you go the other way, it's going on to the other property, right? So, so what it's it, really getting at is you direct it into the front yard. You can't put it on your neighbor's property. Then why don't we say that? We could amend the wording to... Okay. If that's clear. If that, that's what it is. I mean, I guess, and I didn't have a chance to go look. I'm assuming the town has a lot grading plan that people are expected to follow. Follow. Is we, that, will that apply to this, or we don't have one? Or? When we look at individual development permit applications, we can request a lot grading plan. In addition, for this site, when we're getting to the engineering plans, which the developers... Uh, consultants are working on right now there will be a grading plan for the entire site but so the town does not have a generic lot grading plan that we expect people to comply with as, as part of their in terms of not directing uh drainage onto a neighboring property or well just you know like for example the city of edmonton which i've looked because we have a property there how, how they how mm -hmm. they laid out they have very yeah. specific guidelines in terms of how, how high your property needs to be, what the slope is adjacent to the foundation, you know, how, what the slope has to be to the backyard. You know, there's a requirement between lots that for uh, grading to go one way or the other. I mean, in the older parts of the city where we bought, that, that's not in the case, and that's why I was looking at yeah. in the newer areas, this, that's the requirement. They have mm -hmm. an inspector go out and check that. So we don't have anything similar to that at all then? Not to my knowledge. Not that detailed. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, you talked about in there, there's something about a three-meter uh, eave encroachment. Point three meter. Point three. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that's meant, intended to be, it's not clear which side is on. I'm assuming that's on the side where the you have the, the maintenance easement. Yes, so it would be on the side where your house is on the property line. You have an easement so that the eave of your house can go into your neighbor's property. But wouldn't that be covered by the maintenance easement? Like, like to me, where it's overkill. I don't think you need that if you have already have, they're already taking a 1.7 meter easement. That's incorporated within the maintenance easement, but it's just outlined specifically that that's part of it. Like if, if you have a maintenance easement, mm -hmm. doesn't that cover? Like I don't see. I don't know that I would agree that okay, a so maintenance easement would cover off part of your building being, being on, over. Okay, over so that's just so there will be property. an acknowledgement by the purchaser that yeah. yes, the neighbor's ease is on your property. It's over your property then. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, and then I had a question regarding the, the uh, timing of when those easements would be applied and registered. Like it, 
the way it's worded in here implies that the purchaser would do that, and mm -hmm. I'm assuming that that would actually be at the time of subdivision approval and registration of title. Yeah. We, okay. The town would be, to make sure that the lands comply with our land use bylaw, at that time the town would say, subdivision authority, this needs to be one of the conditions of subdivision. Yeah. Okay. And then the final question I had was, the wording with respect to the location of the maintenance easement? Yes. I mean, if you read the whole thing in context and the background stuff, it's pretty apparent. But I think if you just look at the way mm -hmm. the, the bylaw reads, it's yeah. not clear. And I I just, I've talked to someone like the city of Grand Prairie when they implemented it. They had lots of landowners fighting over mm -hmm. the maintenance easement in terms of what it meant and what they could do. So Yeah. Uh, and I did propose a, a change to the wording based on your comment. So... Right now, it would read, the owner of the adjacent site register against title a 1.52 meter private maintenance easement on the other side yard width that provides for. So it's referring back to the text or the language that we used at the beginning of that section. I was hoping that would clarify. Okay. All right. And then the, I guess the final one, and I just thought of, thought of it now. With the, it, the town will have a draft easement that will be drafted up and that will cover off, like, for, for the time when it, when it goes to title? Like, we're not expecting the developer to come up with that wording, are we? I'm not sure. Because the issue this this fellow shared in what happened in Grand Prairie, yeah. you have, it, have an easement, you need to work on your house, you go on the neighbor's property within yeah. the easement, and the neighbor going, what the heck are you doing there? And then, then yeah. they get into a big fight on it. And again, mm -hmm. I guess, you know, I think it needs to be Really spell out because this this is this will be new in town and I think it'd be new for a lot of people that that yeah. it's not normally you would expect your neighbor to be able to set up a scaffolding on your property so he could replace the eaves or something. Okay, okay. thanks. Um, so, could someone put a fence down the middle of this um, uh, side yard that's four point nine nine? So the fence. That's a given. It has to stop at the back, or it would have to because to have a fence would mean that you can't act. You wouldn't be able to provide access, or you wouldn't guarantee access. It'd be too easy to block your neighbor. So I guess my question is: is is it clear enough in here that you're not putting a fence down the middle of the little section between the two houses? It would also make it very difficult for the to get down that side because it would be very narrow. But we can definitely add language to make that clear. So, so if all these houses need uh, residential sprinkler systems, so the water system that's going into that area or whatever, it's able to handle that. Uh, the utilities in that area are fairly are under a. a Good amount of pressure, so water pressure is not a concern in that area. I'm just curious from the the reduction in the width of the, of the lot is well substantial. Yes, um, actually, it's. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I'd use the word alarming, but it's substantial. So if the developer does that because he can 
build more houses on narrower lots and and is is that the theory behind this or why why would i want to do this mm -hmm. uh, the, the theory is that you can provide more single detached houses on narrow lots it doesn't gain very much in terms of comparing it to say semi-detached <laughs> dwellings but the market around peace river may be more prone to towards single detached dwellings so what it, it, could you have some comments with regards to a neighborhood in your experience that's been developed with these um, reduced um, minimums? I mean, what you know, that, what does the neighbor look like in ten years or five years, or do we know, or is it pure speculation? Uh, mm -hmm. I decide to pave my whole front yard, and and because I like because I've got three oil field trucks, so I don't want lawns, and I've got three pickup trucks in my front lawn, and it's all paved. Mm -hmm. And say, Levy, is that... I, I guess I'm just worried about the, the, the reduction of the size of this thing. It's, uh, it um, is substantial. There are neighborhoods in many communities in the province that are like this. I can't speak to how old they are or how well they've aged. So, um, the, so the jury is out whether this works or doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I know that there are some municipalities where there have been issues that Councillor Burr alluded to. It does need to be very clear, and obviously it also needs to be surveyed very carefully. Mm -hmm. so that it when just the strikes me as a... So aside, aside from the bylaw, it's a prime piece of property, and this is what's going to happen on a prime piece of property. I, I, I must I shrug my shoulders, to be quite honest, but uh, I guess it's not my money. I, I guess I was somewhat skeptical myself, and so I've been around. I've been for an amendment, and I actually wandered around in one of the older neighborhoods where they're redeveloping, where they're taking out one house on a bigger lot and putting two homes in. And they were, they were I didn't get on a measure, but they, I'm sure that they were close to that narrow width. And I was actually surprised that they didn't look that bad. You know, mm -hmm. again, the, the houses were built to fit within the character of the neighborhood. Um, like I said, I was skeptical until I, you know, like I said, that was in several different residential neighborhoods, I've, like older ones, like down the river, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff where I've seen them. In. I mean, in terms of the look, really from a visual perspective, it's probably going to look a lot like a really long row house. I mean, there are spaces in between, but they are pretty small. So, but those don't necessarily look bad per se it is a different type of development people around here are used to a little bit more space around them that said these lots do have very large backyards in general so there's a lot of private space just not necessarily to the side there is a demographic out there mr needham and i put put myself in there that doesn't like to cut grass <laughs> <laughs> or weed lots <laughs> Uh, just a quick question, Your Worship, uh, being that uh, Mr. Frayne and Mr. Harris are in the audience, is there any major safety concerns with this type of build that our local depart fire department would have? And if a scenario drastically happened there, are you adequately prepared to, to respond and contain something in that type of build? <coughs> Uh, can everybody hear me? Okay. Um, so, yes, there are definitely concerns uh, around putting these types of homes that close to each other. Uh, there's a phenomenon uh, out there amongst uh, modern building construction, which is uh, called high-intensity residential fires, otherwise known as HERF. 
this came to light um, in the past 10 years or so. It really, uh, it really came to light. Uh, and what it happens in these, in these types of developments is that um, the house that you're in, uh, it, uh, it catches fire. Uh, and then uh, due to the nature of modern building construction, which is um, large amounts of open concepts, uh, which means that there's no barriers to fire spread within the home. Uh, there's also the prevalence of uh, modern uh, laminated uh, products, wood products, OSB, uh, silent floors, uh, all these things, they do present a hazard in the fact that they do uh, burn faster, they create more heat when they do burn, and they fail faster in the event of a fire. Um, you also have to consider uh, vinyl siding is the predominant um, siding material, and they themselves uh, are flammable and can catch fire. So fire spread from one house to another is very, very easy uh, when you start reducing the distances between the buildings. Um, that being said, uh, the building code was amended to allow for new provisions to prevent the fire spread from one home to another. Uh, in the fact that uh, if you are outside of the 10-minute response area for the Peace River Fire Department, for example, um, you would have to meet the requirements of this, which means that you would either double the setbacks between the buildings, in which case you double the space, uh, or else you would have to uh, provide uh, non-combustible cladding uh, on the uh, adjoining faces, on the adjoining walls, so there would be non-combustible siding, or you could put uh, uh, exterior rated gyprock underneath the uh, vinyl siding. There'd be no openings uh, permitted between adjoining buildings. You couldn't have doors or windows on adjoining faces, which when you talk about uh, a window on an adjoining face when the house is only four to five feet away, uh, do you really want to be staring at your neighbor's siding so much? Not, not really. I mean, the only one that you would typically see there would be a bathroom window. Um, now, um, so this does provide a concern for us. This uh, proposed development is outside of the 10-minute response area of the Peace River Fire Department. Uh, we've done time trials and we have done um, uh, some mapping uh, using the GIS program uh, in order to uh, properly define that area. Um, and uh, so there is, we definitely do have a concern over that. Uh, and as a result, that is why that the um, recommendation for the uh, sprinkler systems is included in the land use bylaw for zero lot line developments. Um, I believe that uh, with the provision to include these in these homes, uh, that it does drastically mitigate the potential for these fires to grow. So really, this, this, um, there's two different things that we're looking at here. One is the uh, ability of fire to spread from one building to another, and there's the ability for us to fight fire is the two things that we'd be looking at. The HERF requirements under the building code would address the ability um, of the fire to spread from one, fire to an, from one building to another, excuse me, uh, and that is the, uh, the lack of openings and the non-combustible sidings. Uh, and, but if you look at uh, the other uh, municipalities, uh, which Alicia had looked at um, as far as what are their requirements for zero-lot line developments, uh, they, ours would be the most lax um, based on the fact that there's no rear access to it which is, is very difficult for fighting fires. We wouldn't be able to get to the back side of the building very easily, and especially when you consider that you're talking about four to five feet between buildings, and that's about that far. Uh, and firefighters would have to walk down there when this building's on fire. 
uh, to get down there and to uh, stretch hoses into the backyard. Either that, you'd have to be going one house over, which then we don't have the ability to protect that house. Um, so when you do install the residential sprinkler system, that allows um, an automatic system to immediately discharge water right on the seat of the fire in the beginning phases of the, uh, of the fire, puts it out right away and doesn't allow it to grow. Uh, if it does not extinguish it fully, it allows the fire department time to uh, gain access to the building and put the fire out uh, in the early stages. So that's, uh, we believe that with the provisions uh, allowed within here that that does uh, create a safe environment and we would be satisfied with that. So, Your Worship, just uh, if just could you elaborate on this residential fire? Is is so every one of these units is an independent? If there's there, it's an independent unit, and it's built into the house, and is it is it water charged or air charged? Uh, they are uh, charged with water, uh, and yes, they are independent. They're. Um, Every building would have to, there's a, um, engineering that goes along with the installation of the system. Um, on average, you're looking at about a 1 to 1.5% uh, cost, um, basically, of the, of the total building. Would 1 to 1.5% of that would be the installation and engineering of a sprinkler system. Um, and uh, so what happens is uh, it's uh, plastic piping. Uh, that runs throughout the interior walls of the of the building, much similar to the uh, piping which is already in place to service any of the rest of the plumbing within the building. Um, there are sprinkler heads which are placed uh, throughout the building um, in every room, and they're not what you would think of uh, when you look at a commercial building. They're not the ugly thing sticking down from the roof. Uh, they're actually recessed uh, into the ceiling, and then there's a, a protective uh, decorative cover plate that goes over it that drops out um, when the uh, when the fire gets hot enough, uh, and then it uh, drops down and then activates and discharges water directly onto it. Does that adequately explain? I'm I'm familiar with the system at, at Garden Court, and it, it's uh, obviously an apartment building. And I guess what I was driving at was um, to contain a false uh, getting way into the weeds here. But when you've got multiple rooms or buildings. Uh, would the whole system turn on or just in that one particular room? And I know in the garden court example where you've got, you know, a kitchen area, bedroom area, and then uh, 60 units, of course, uh, it would go to a specific room and a specific area. So would these, if you've got three or four in a house, is it, and the fire is in the kitchen, does just the kitchen come on then or does the whole... Uh, that's an excellent question, actually, and there's a lot of um, misunderstanding regarding sprinkler systems. Um, what happens with the sprinkler head is that there is a small pellet uh, that's in place that's plugging off the end of the sprinkler head, and uh, when it gets hot enough, then it breaks and discharges that sprinkler head only. Uh, so it's the one that's directly above the fire that goes off, not all the rest of them in the building as Hollywood ha would have us believe. Uh, Hollywood has definitely not given us, done us any favors in that regard. Because uh, everybody always thinks water damage and all this kind of stuff, whereas uh, most, uh, about 80% of the fires uh, that do occur are controlled by one sprinkler only. Um, and the amount of water that's used is fractional compared to what the fire department would use. And the amount of damage is actually reduced by approximately 70%. 
um, when a sprinkler system is used, uh, just because it's they're low spro low flow sprinkler heads when compared to commercial buildings. It's not quite the same standard that's used in uh, such as garden court. It's uh, designed specifically for single family residences and uh, um, duplexes, that kind of thing. I move that we give first reading to um, this bylaw 1975. Mr. Mayor, do we have to do anything about saying when the public hearing might be for this? Uh, the suggestion is a public hearing for February 22nd. Yeah, that, that works well for us, actually. Thank you. That takes us to unfinished business. There's a. Uh, this is the traffic signage update. And so the reason why it's an unfinished business was there were a number of questions that um, counselors were looking, seeking answers to. So, uh, do you have the uh, the answers to those questions? Do you even have the questions? Actually. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry about that. There was an, um, one of the questions was we want to know what specifically the city of Edmonton was doing. And so um, our bylaw officer, Graham uh, Smith, went out and uh, contacted Edmonton and Calgary, but Calgary didn't reply. But Edmonton did. Um, and so his uh, response I uh, sent out to all council, and it's also in part of the package. And I'll just read it off. Edmonton operates pole-mounted units and about 24 trailer-mounted units. Uh, locations will depend on such things as high collision areas, school zones, collector roads with higher speed limits, and community concerns. Um, they look at the average speed reduction is approximately 7 to 10 kilometers per hour. Uh, they advise the boards have an impact on drivers during the placement and for a limited time period uh, thereafter. Uh, the normal rules of engagement is uh, uh, to in an identified location would be warning signage, display reader boards, photo enforcement, and then manned enforcement. And the most uh, effective locations appear to be in school zones and certain collector routes. Um, yes, Your Worship, just to answer some of the other questions um, that were brought forward. Um, there was a question in regards to data on the current trailer that was purchased, I believe, in 2007. So the, the current trailer that the, uh, that's being deployed with the RCMP right now is not data download data tracking or downloadable, so there is no statistics specifically for that, for that unit. 
these uh, signs that the uh, Community Advisory Committee would like to purchase is a quantity of two, not four. It is a quantity of two. Um, it'd be shared by all those uh, surrounding municipalities that uh, participated in the purchase. Um, these signs are very modern um, as far as they will track um, track the speeds that people are doing, they'll track time of day the speeds are doing. So, and being that it's downlo downloadable, we'll give the RCMP a chance to uh, put, or possibly put a request in to have Global go into those areas to, to do um, photo enforcement. Um, the difference about putting up the sign is you can go put those signs up immediately where um, just as an example, when we had the complaint from the senior citizens on, a, on the speeding on 101st Street, in order to get a photo enforcement into those areas, there is an application process that takes place and it can take up to three months to, to have photo enforcement set up in those specific areas. So this is a, a, good, uh, a good way for the RCMP to track data, track speeding, um, and get the uh, enforcement in place that would be needed for those specific areas. Um, just as another example, we got another complaint from one of our, our youth here in the town of Peace River as far as speeding um, coming underneath the overpass between bumper to bumper and uh, the little youth house there. And to get photo enforcement into that area with an application could, like I say, could take up to three months. But with the purchase of these boards, we can actually go put the boards the reader boards in place and start doing the data tracking right away now. Um, as our CAO had mentioned, by putting these signs in place, uh, when people are not used to seeing them, that those speeds slow down quite quickly. And uh, like I say, these would be shared between the, the purchasing municipalities, so it would be an equal equal shared. So they go into a certain high risk area, and it'd be rotated throughout the. Uh, the communities. They also uh, would be maintained by the RCMP, would not be our town's administration or staff. So I have a question, Councillor. The they have to get permit we have to get permission or the RCMP have to get permission from the province where they can put photo radar. Like it can't go anywhere within our town boundaries we want to. Uh, that is correct. Um, from my understanding with the with the complaint um, that we got from the senior citizens um, in regards to speeding when they're doing their, their Wednesday night suppers. Uh, working with Director Bushy at the time and the RCMP, there was an application process and it took two to three months to get photo enforcement into that area. The, the ask from the uh, advisory committee is that we participate in the purchase um, w with a with promising $1,500. So they want, because the recommendation from Mr. Bushy is, is that we provide for two of these SP600 signs and they're $5,200 a piece. That, that recommendation was done from the original letter that they put in. Okay. And they came in with a second letter. Oh, okay. On so the we're only dealing with the 1500 I mean, $1,500 is okay. all that is, that is correct. It's a, it's a maximum input of $1,500 for this regional purchase. Oh, the other question that I did ask the uh, 
our chair um, was are these because of the the monies they were talking about uh, the, the monies we get from global so those these monies um, would not have to be given right away they could be they could be given given in a few weeks once that account has been set up I believe uh, Mr. Sham was speaking of of when the monies were in that specific safe communities reserve, and we could do that at that time. So, Mr. Mayor, uh, Mr. Ford, um, are there some ongoing expenses with the you mentioned maintenance of these uh, pieces of equipment? So, do the batteries have to be bought every year or something? Or no, these are solar. So, these are. Uh, they would once the purchase is made they're turned over to the RCMP so that would be uh, that would be their maintenance so with mr. Bushy's letter or recommendation it was talking about public works being responsible for them is that changed then too it has okay well one of the one of the comments I do believe uh, and I can't I can't it's speak to this specifically because mr. Bushy's not here um, it was one of the recommendations was that we purchased our own so this is not the town purchasing their own f this is more of the regional purchase and participating in that regards so, so you were just I know we want to move on so just tell me again what what number am I going to see in the operating budget when we talk about it as an extra I'm, I'm confused are we talking fifteen hundred dollars are we talking fifty three hundred dollars Doug and eighty five hundred dollars fifteen hundred dollars so fifty so the one so the recommendation, so the recommendation is we move this along as a fifteen hundred dollar discussion when we talk about our operating budget is that that's Correct. what's being asked for uh, uh, yes and then this would become from um, I believe we were recommending from the um, grants from uh, uh, council I believe that's where we're looking at possibly it's one area I'm, I'm like I guess I've just to me this is a logical extension of the funds that we're collecting from for the photo ray bar when we when at least when I was telling people last where we did this is a way to make our community safer I believe these signs will make the community safer we can have those you know our sink can move around they can put it by the schools so they can the, do it and and take the money from from that reserve fund that we yep. need to set up. That sure, like, that, I don't think fine, I yeah. want to take it out operational funding. No, and that that was my understanding from uh, from our last meeting or our last talk about this on the 11th. Um, and I know Councillor Banky had mentioned that it, that it was the idea as well as to as to take that $1,500 donation out of that safe communities reserve. I'd like to put a motion forward, and I, I, I guess I'm not opposed to taking more than that. But if we want to keep it to $1,500, that we uh, uh, enable administration to fund up to $1,500, uh, contribute up to $1,500 for the uh, to the CAC for these these signs. We, we see you have this heavy foot.
Susan is. Okay. Yeah. We'll deal with our and uh, we'll go with camera for uh, an item from Ms. Julie. Okay. Okay. Um, the request of council is to award the safety code services for the town of Peace Rivers building discipline for a five-year contract. The current contract with superior safety codes has expired and the town of Peace River requested proposals in November to be submitted for safety code services in the building discipline. Two proposals were received by the due date of December 31st. Town administration has reviewed the proposals and Superior Safety Codes has received the highest score using an evaluation matrix which was 104 points to 85 points. Superior Safety Codes has an experienced Safety Codes officer with over 25 years of service and nine years working relationship with the town. Option one, um, that council awards the contract to Superior Safety Codes for a five-year contract with a yearly review of the rates. So is there any um, issue with um, uh, somebody re requiring one of these um, I don't know, inspections and the time it takes to actually get it done? I have There's no issue with that? No. Okay. I'd put a motion on the table, Your Worship, to accept the recommendation of administration to um, <clears throat> pardon me, award the contract to Superior Safety Codes uh, for the uh, Safety Code Services contract. Okay. All in favor, Council, thank you for Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Council's going to recess for five minutes and then we're going to go in camera uh, for, uh, for an item from Ms. Jody. And that shouldn't, uh, hopefully, that shouldn't take very long. I'm sorry, Your Worship, at what point are we in the agenda? <laughs> oh, okay, great, thank you. Um, Chamber of Commerce is requesting uh, Council's participation in the Davis Awards, which is this Saturday. I do have confirmation from Councillor Sawchuk that he would be willing to attend and also do a presentation if there are no other takers from Council, the Mayor, or otherwise to attend, in, in addition to, I mean, uh, council can enable a number of members of council to attend. But he did confirm he could attend. Are you uh, able Are you able to attend, Your Worship? Yeah, I can. I'm okay with Mr. So, um, there, it's more than just that, though. That's another one. A, that's, that's a, a second, second yeah. The, your finance manager will speak to their financial request. So this is just the enabling for the actual Davis Awards, the um, business awards. That's right. I leave that all to the finance manager. So, Your Worship, I'd put a motion on the table to enable um, Mayor and Council to attend the Davis Awards and to uh, have Councillor Sawchuk present 
uh, sorry, the, there was an award they want, Community, community Involvement yeah. Award uh, in your absence if you're unable to attend. Thank you. And just a note, those who can attend, could you please let uh, your executive assistant know ASAP? Well, just, uh, I was thinking I was going to, I, was yeah. your motion to give the $1,000? No. That's in the next RFP. That's the next one? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I vote in favor of that one. I have issues with the other one, but okay. Spouse. Elaine. didn't print off an agenda and I'm paying the price now. <sighs> um, your Worship and Council, uh, you're aware that there are two Syrian refugee families attending uh, moving to Peace River. Oh, thank you. Um, we are being requested, the Town of Peace River, to provide support to the resettlement of uh, these two families. And technically, I'm going to start saying three families because one of the families is bringing, um, there's a grandparent uh, coming along with a, a set of grandparents coming with. So I am actually did calculations in regards to three families because I figured uh, grandparents don't always have the same transportation needs as a family with young children. Sometimes they'll overlap, sometimes they're different. Um, they, Peace River, the Refugee Resettlement Committee in Peace River doesn't know exactly when the families are coming. Um, at this point, that's all we really know. Soon, but not exactly when. Um, the Peace River St. James Cathedral has committed to fundraise $25,000 of financial assistance for the families. One family apparently requires this financial assistance. The other family might not. They come a little bit more independent. Um, and I'm not sure of the two which is which. However, both families do have children. One has one child and one family has two children, um, both under the ages of six or seven, I believe. 
There is a request to provide transportation supports. And currently with the Taxi Pass program, that is what the town has to offer in terms of um, a contribution for transportation supports in the community. They are requesting, though they will have some sort of volunteer-based transportation assistance for the families, possibly taking them to appointments outside of town, inside of the community, getting the families acclimatized to their new environment. It's not always workable for the family or the volunteer for that situation to always work. So they are request requesting access to the tax pass program. Um, just a really quick review of the program as it's currently offered. Clients, once they are approved, uh, can purchase two booklets of 20 tickets each for each month. Therefore, it's 40 tickets a month. So technically speaking, 40 rides in a one-month period. Um, the cost of those booklets are $15 each. There is a cash requirement for every ride to place $2.50 or $5 cash with one ticket. So this is a an area that we could not waive or provide. There's potential for you to provide assistance to the cash component, but we can't waive that part. That goes directly to the cab driver. It's not a component we can adjust or change because the cab drivers bank on that portion of the um, remuneration for that ride. Every ticket is sent back to the town of Peace River um, that we then provide the $7 per ticket back to the cab company. But the two items are sort of separate. Just want to make sure that's clear because there is a cash component. But we could ask the cab company to waive the cash donation. Uh, the cash component? You could. I, well, I'm not going to ask them, but maybe they're smart enough to come up with that idea on their own. That's possible. Um. So what administration did was provide you with some options in regards to this request around the Taxi Pass program in its current state. So uh, waiving the fee for the taxi, taxi booklet purchase only um, for one year for two families, and again, I calculated it with an additional third um, because of the grandparent situation. Uh, it works out to $1,080 for a grant back to the nonprofit, or sorry, the committee. So St. James Cathedral, sorry, because they're not specifically, the committee is not specifically a nonprofit organization. Um, again, this as an advantage to this option, it does provide support directly to these individuals, supplies, supplies, supplies support to the whole concept of refugee resettlement. Um, the challenge with this item is that, again, this cash component there, that's still, that's not something we necessarily, we can't get rid of that cash component unless they ask the cab companies to waive that. Um, however, there is a, a further financial implication to um, this option one, and you'll note in option two. The direct cost to the town is not just the regranting of $1,080. It's actually the remuneration back to the cab company for every ticket. So there's a potential expense to the town of upwards of um, $10,000. Um, option two is looking at a reduced time frame, a six-month time frame. The other thing you could do with this is instead of just six months, you could say we'll limit the number of booklets, period, that we offer you to utilize. You could use them for the whole year. Um, but 
the time frame of one year, six months, you'll get the understanding that it's either uh, two booklets a month for a full year or two booklets a month for six months. Um, again, for the three families, the cost to the, 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 for the booklets is $540. And then the cost, the implication back to the town of Peace server would be approximately $5,000 for the remuneration back to the cab company for every one of those tickets. Then your option three is not to provide any um, access to the Taxi Pass program through a grant donation or anything of the like uh, as one of the options. Um, there's no financial implication to the town. Um, however, this does not um, support the whole refugee resettlement process um, that is being attempted to occur in the community. So we do recommend um, that we provide a grant through fund through the council grants program. So we're not waiving the fee, we're granting the $1,080 to the uh, Refugee Resettlement Committee of St. James Cathedral through a grant of $1,080. Then how does that, the 10,000 come into play? That is the, for every ticket we get back from the cab company, uh, we pay the cab company $7. Right, so I guess what I'm saying, though, is as part of the recommendation, do yeah. we not have to address that? It, it would... Mm. We, we budget 150000 is what is in the 2016 budget. Uh, in 2015, we have expended uh, approximately a hundred and... I believe it was in my year-end report, um, 148000 or 143000 if I remember correctly. Chances are we would come within that same budget range. Um, you could increase the budget slightly in sort of conjunction with this request. Um, but we have clients right now that we're on a renewal system with, and some of them... Uh, are not going to potentially be back on the program under the current criteria. So where you lose some clients, you gain some clients. I think it'll level out. So right now, really, we're only worried about 1000 Yeah, but I, I do need you to know that there is a cost implication when it comes back around, right, um, to that budget. I don't think it would be a, a huge impact to that budget. They may not use all of the tickets. This is what we find quite often, too. For some clients, they use them regularly. So, just a quick not, question. Oh. Go ahead. Well, not to dig in on it. I mean, I, I think this is a reasonable request, but let's just play the cards out. So, there's three families. Do any of them speak English? I don't know. So, I'm going to assume that none of them do. And it's a good assumption to make to start. Yeah. And uh, so, they will need somebody that's an Arabic translator. So, I don't see them getting into a cab to go get yep. the groceries. I see a volunteer in the community who has a second language uh, of some Arabic uh, dialect that can pick them up, take them to the grocery store and do the shop and take them home. So yeah. I, I guess what I'm trying to understand is whether or not this will actually ever happen um, just because of the language barrier because I can't see somebody getting into a cab. Yep. Well, I, 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 guess I, I guess they can get in a cab and point, mm -hmm. but... Uh, I've, I've, I, I, I've, I've got a feeling that this would largely be volunteers, but uh, 
I'm just musing out loud, I guess. Yeah. And I don't disagree. Um, this would probably, and the request from St. James, um, and in sort of that uh, excerpt that I provided out um, from the email provided to me, was they will have a volunteer rider program of some sort, but they anticipate they'll need some finance or some transportation supports outside of that. So maybe at a certain point, depending on the family's members' grasp of the English language or within three months or six months, they might be more comfortable to use the program at that point. Yeah. I put a motion on the table, Your Worship, to accept council or administration's recommendation and provide um, a grant in the amount of $1,080 for the purposes of purchasing taxi pass booklets for one year for three families. I have some questions, Your Worship. Um, first of all, I think it's uh, hats off to this group for doing the job that they did to get these uh, to get these families here. Um, now, I'm not sure if I can ask this or not, but being that bringing these families into our community is kind of a, I guess you would say, a special circumstance. Mm -hmm. So, can we not go to the cab companies and say, "Hey, look, like instead of..." paying you the seven dollars reimbursement how about we meet you somewhere halfway in the middle where we don't want them to lose money but would they do it at a being that this is a special circumstance would they do it out of a bit of a discount to help these families out with the local businesses themselves is that something we can ask them we can ask Mr. Ford, maybe the group that's looking after the needs of this Syrian, the Syrian families, maybe they would be the ones to to make the ask. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree to that, and they're again not uh, not uh, turning down uh, Councillor Binky's motion because I do believe the town should be supporting this in some sort of manner. Yeah, quite a few. That that would be our surmise on that. Yes, that's correct. Because they wouldn't have any financial information, is my understanding. When do these uh, families arrive? Well, I don't know. That's they've been waiting and waiting. We just don't so, know. So I have one question. Like, is your intention you just give the ten thousand dollars worth of tickets to them right at the get go and not worry about it, or would no. there be some checks throughout the year saying whether they need it? I mean, if they can't hear and they get yeah. great jobs, I mean, these guys could be engineers or medical doctors. We don't know. They could yes fall in a takeoff and and don't require the assistance that yes. and we could easily do that. We could actually break up the grant into four quarters. So provided in, in, that's probably a very good idea, um, and provided in components as, and we see how it works okay. and if they even need it at the beginning or if it's something that's needed further along. And that could also satisfy some of the questions in regards to of, would they actually even use it within this first few months that they're even moving into the community. Yeah. 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 
Steve Jobs was of Syrian ancestry, so combine uh, that knowledge with Telus Fiber, we could have another uh, silicone startup here in, down in Peach River. <laughs> okay, uh, Councillor Menke has a motion on the table to uh, uh, for uh, to accept uh, administration's recommendation. All in favor? Passed. Thank you. I think I need to say stay put. Yep. Okay. Uh, do you need to stay put? Yes, I do. Oh. He has a list also. So. <laughs> well, and, and I would thank you, Your Mayor. Um, encourage the finance manager at any time to hop up here if he'd like to uh, contribute also. Because um, he and I both um, discussed and uh, developed this RFD, but I didn't give him actual kudos on, on the top header on it. So just to note that uh, Mr. Shram and I discussed this RFD at length in terms of its content. Um, this is a request from the Peace River Ski Club. They are requesting a cosign um, of the town of Peace River for the purchase, for the loan uh, for the purchase of five of the new snow guns. Um, they are in a financing arrangement or attempting to get into a financing arrangement with the company they purchased the snow guns from, Whittier Canada. They were $98,000. The loan is for a period of five years at an interest rate of 10%. Um, they are asking the Town of Peace River to co-sign this loan. They did purchase, make a purchase portion of it outright, um, but the remainder is a requirement of a loan. I have spoken to the president just recently, and they are speaking with their um, financial financial institution to see if there's an option of obtaining a loan at a much lower interest rate than this particular arrangement. Um, to see if you know, ten percent is a substantial number, substantial. But regardless, whether it's with a formal financial institution, aka a local bank, or this Whittier Canada, we will be asked to co-sign a loan for either situation. Um, we have done this in the past. The town does have a history of providing assistance to nonprofits, both in um, a co-sign lo loan capacity or, in some cases, a direct lo loan situation. Um, in recent history, Peace, Peace Country Sports Club received um, a co-sign for $56,000. They are just finishing off that loan last year. town has been required uh, to be... Um, a guarantor on that loan. We've also provided an option for guarantee for the Peace River Child Care Association quite some time ago, 2009. For in that particular case, it was $700,000. They didn't proceed with that project, so that co-signing situation uh, was not required. Um, in 2013, the town approved a loan directly to the Peace River Curling Club in the amount of $40,000, and they have made arrangements with administration of how to repay that loan and have started to do so last couple years. Yeah, and they, in that situation, they went into arrears quite quickly um, as soon as that loan was set up. 
Um, as per the Municipal Government Act, any time that we're entering into a guaranteeing of a loan situation is actually almost like entering into a loan. We have to provide a funding source and, a, and it does go against our debt limit. So as per section 266 of the MGA, it's noted here um, of the process of providing guaranteed has to be authorized by bylaw. Therefore, to assist uh, the Peace Country, or, sorry, Peace River Ski Club in their request, the council would have to approve a guaranteed bylaw. So that would be the next step if council chooses to go that route is uh, administration would develop a bylaw of guarantee and bring it back for, for reading. When creating a bylaw, any borrowing bylaw, um, of course we were required to advertise as per section 602.31 of the MGA and then also allow for a 15-day petitioning period following that last day of advertising as per section 231 of the MGA. Um, as noted earlier, this amount would be calculated against the town's limit. Therefore, we'd un be unable to utilize that those funds, though even if we didn't need to use them for the full five-year period until that loan was repaid by the ski club. Um, and as noted in a, an RFD on December 1st or completed on December 1st, there are a number of projects. Again, these projects are not uh, finalized by council or by the town, but it, again, it just provides you with council with the information of what is on the horizon for the requirements of debenturing or potentially borrowing our own um, funds for uh, significant town projects. Therefore, when we get into looking at the options related to this request, um, option one, obviously, is to proceed with the development of a guarantee by law for 98000 And it, just a note, it would be more than that because it's calculation of the interest for the whole five-year term. Um, the provision of a loan guarantee, of course, would assist the club in moving forward. They have a good plan in place. They have a great business plan, and they are working very hard to move themselves in a forward motion, and it's paying off. Mother Nature helped them out this past week, but she might take away that advantage this week. So um, they're doing very well and doing a great job at moving themselves in uh, a very positive direction. The disadvantage of this bylaw, though, is it does place the burden back on the town of Peace River in the event we have to pay off the loan. Um, and it holds us up from accessing these funds for any other purpose until that five-year period is, is lapsed. Um, and that the ski club has paid off their debt by the end of that five-year period. Um, so the financial implications of this option to the town is a potential of, in, of uh, potential commitment of upwards of ninety-eight thousand plus interest, and we do need to note in the bylaw where we would fund the the um, this loan from in the event that we were held to the loan. Is that correct? Yeah. So option two, um, the option is to decline this guarantee of request and refer the club to some of our neighboring municipalities who might have a larger borrowing capacity than the town does or our potential borrowing capacity over the next five years. Um, yeah, sorry. With this option, there is no direct financial impact on the town, and it does continue to support the ski club in their needs, though not directly from the town of Peace River. The risk of this one, of this particular option, is we can't guarantee if another municipality will offer this service to the club. Um, 
I, I'm sure if we have a dis quick discussion with some of our neighbors, they may be able to provide that service. But at this point, we don't, we can't guarantee that for the club. There are no direct financial implications to the town of Peace River. Um, administration therefore recommends, with weighing all the options related to this request, that we advise the Peace River Ski Club to approach our neighboring municipalities for this service. With regret. A question with respect to the ski club. Uh, is the town still paying off something like 150 some odd thousand? How many more years of that? One more. So it'll be done in 2017. So we have 2015 is paid, 2016 is to come, yeah. and there's nothing in 2017? Or there is in 2017? Because mm -hmm. it, it was five full years, and it would have been put in in 2012. Yes. So there would be a payment in 2017, I believe. Yep. Correct. So I have a question. What's the timing? Like, how? When do they need a decision to to be able to? sort out their finances sooner than later they they've uh, purchased the guns in early December I believe late November um, though the company does know they're going through a process with the municipality and I did inform them it would take some time to get an answer back to them yeah. and then the other question had like you haven't phoned any of the other municipalities just nope. to broach it I mean not at the, uh, not as of today no I guess I well. I guess my thinking is we should. I think our administration should, should broach it with us to see. Like I don't want to send them up here if, if it if they're just going to get shot down. I, mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Mm -hmm. I mean I'm somewhat sympathetic, but I, I question why they went on bottom if they don't have any idea where they can get the funding. You know, mm -hmm. the loan guarantee or whatnot. So, but I, I think they were surprised that they had to get a guarantee on the loan. I thought they they thought they would be fine on their own, and initially they were. So I'm not sure what changed um, that they require the loan guarantee, but. Okay. It, it, I agree. They, they're definitely going after stuff. They've really made some improvements. They yes. seem to be making real progress. Yeah. So, so the, the five guns themselves cost 98000 or they were more than that. They paid some on it. and That's correct. I believe they paid down 40000 to start. The, the email is missing from my attachment, but um, I believe they paid at least 40000 to start. Yeah, and it could be fifty. Yeah. It should be in that email there. Oh, 50. 50. My memory is not quite spot on. I, I guess you're worshipped by, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we've supported the ski club earlier this year, uh, their recovery from the fire. They needed, uh, I recall, $21,000, and um, Lyndon came before us, and uh, um, I think we voted against uh, a staff recommendation, actually, and found $21,000 to help them out. So I, I think there's the ski club's got lots of supporters at this table, but th this is a stretch for me. I, I'm not prepared to sign a loan guarantee, um, put it in the record gazette, 
have residents uh, go through what they go through when they read this stuff. So, um, if if this is if this is real about sending someone up the hill, I guess I would look at administration and are, are we doing the ski club any favors? And is this is this a hail mary pass or? Should we just kill this motion and Lyndon can figure it out for himself? I mean, we we don't need anything official on our books. Um, I, I I believe because they are building relig- regional relationships um, and have started and done presentations of their business plan, this might be a, a very good option sure. for them. And it might not necessarily be. Well, um, I just I, I guess yeah. I, I I'm certainly prepared to put the motion on the yeah. floor, but I, I again I don't want to. Uh, if, if 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 I'm just helping uh, the ski club spin their wheels, then I'm not really adding any value to the to the conversation. Fair but enough. If yeah. if, uh, if we think this is real, I'll put a motion on the floor that uh, uh, administration contact the ski club and uh, advise them that we're unable to provide a signature to to a loan document and ask them to go uh, to uh, one of our, one or all of our neighboring municipalities uh, for their signatures mm-hmm. or a signature. Thank you. Good evening, Council. Uh, one of the of the request for decisions that I have tonight is uh, regarding the uh, sponsorship at the 12 Foot Davis Awards um, put on by the uh, Area Chamber of Commerce. Um, last year, we were involved in that. Uh, we, sponsor, we sponsored an award. This year, they're asking us to actually be a presenter rather than just a sponsor. So, so as I went through this, um, as I said last year, we did $500 for a sponsorship of the award. Um, administration's recommendation is that council become a full presenter at the uh, awards and the award would be for the customer service excellence award pardon me that was yeah that was the award that they had wanting us to actually present I don't know why we wouldn't present the one we're sponsoring but well, last year we uh, we sponsored the Community Involvement Award, and I believe this year they're asking us to, we're uh, asking the town to uh, sponsor the Customer Service Excellence Award. And the Community Involvement one was in the other RFD, right, for the actual, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Community Involvement, yeah. Hmm. I just thought it was an opportunity for the town to have a, Maybe a stronger presence in the in the chamber and in the community. We're looking for a thousand dollars. Thousand dollars this year. Is, to, is to provide them that and be a, a presenter. Okay. I'd put a motion on the table, Your Worship, to accept the recommendation of administration and provide the sponsorship for the customer service excellent award in the amount of a thousand dollars. 
decision regarding the future engineering collaboration This was the link that we explained to the Are they somewhat related to Northeast Society for That's who it's saying the check is payable to, so. Awareness, response, connection, compassion, safety uh, is going to be the, they've shortened it to A, at, ATSIS, A-T-C-C-S. Um, it's going to be done five days in February. This project will connect the professional community and the public at large to strengthen the collective response to family violence. So uh, they're looking for a. Uh, is this not the group that's going to come and present February? Like I, I move we defer that. So postpone the decision until after they make their presentation. Well, yeah, I think they're looking for money now. Not. <laughs> well, they had requested, uh, I believe, six thousand dollars, but they're also approaching the other municipalities to help sponsor this, and I believe uh, Mr. Parker was going to contact the other municipalities to see what they were contributing, so not everybody contributed $6,000 to their pot. I guess when I read this, I'm trying to understand um, where all the other service delivery agencies are in the region or in the community and what this group is actually going to do. Um, unless there's something here I'm missing, but I, it wasn't clear to me what they're going to provide. If you look on page 59 of 170. Um, oh, okay, I didn't read 170 pages, all right. Yeah, the <laughs> anyways, request for support application. I think the first paragraph might uh, indicate what they're doing. Say again, uh, Deputy Mayor. The, the, page? the first paragraph, they're oh, oh, hosting. What, which page of 170? 59, 5-9. Well, it's going to show up as request for support application. Yeah. It's page one of their application, and if you're looking at the attachment, like the deputy mayor printed it off, so it's showing her the entire agenda package there. So they're having a cert certified art therapist work with four target groups to create multimedia art projects depicting the impact that family violence has on their lives. And the four groups would include women and children in the women's shelter, self-identified victims and offenders that are currently incarcerated, previous clients from the Stepping Up Domestic Violence Treatment Program, and service providers. Then it uh, indicates that this group would be hosting an inv invitational dinner to provide various people from the mayor and council, other municipalities, MLA, um, RCMP, etc., information on what these groups can do. And the groups themselves that comprise this PRCCG seem to be Child and Family Services, Probation, RCMP, Women's Shelter, Alberta Health Services, including Addiction and Mental Health, Peace Regional Victim Services, Alberta Works, and uh, Stepping Up. 
So, uh, Mr. Burr's comment, though, may be valid. So, and particularly given that uh, somebody said they uh, they were approaching. I think you, or well, Mr. Schramm said uh, that they seem to be approaching each municipality for the full amount that, that they need, or I'm not understanding. That was my understanding, was that they were looking for $6,000, but they were approaching all the municipalities uh, for that funding. Um, so we actually held this back uh, from a previous meeting until we could find out uh, what other municipalities were contributing, and then we would help finish off the the month they need so maybe when they come and present um, uh, mr. mr. Needham will get a better picture of what they do what they're going to do for us and, uh, and maybe we uh, maybe you can make a motion to defer this to the uh, next council yes eighth yeah, I'll make a motion then to defer this until the February conference following the presentation. Okay. All in favor? Uh, against? Okay. So the next item was um, uh, request for decision regarding Alberta Community Partnership Grants Fire services. So I'll, I'll take counsel through this. Um, the Alberta government has uh, the Alberta Community Partnership Grants. Um, they are due February 4th. Um, basically, or sorry, correction, February 5th. Uh, wh what it is, they're trying to encourage municipalities to work together. And um, so uh, some of the higher priority ones are anything that does, uh, does uh, safety, uh, fire, um, and uh, those ones are high priority. So we do have two agreements that are expiring and um, uh, fire agreements that are expiring this year. So uh, what we'd like to do is put in uh, for a Alberta Community Partnership Grant to actually hire a consultant to actually help assist in putting together a uh, agreement with our two municipalities. Uh, one is with the MD apiece and the other one was with the County of Northern Lights. Um, I have talked to the other two municipalities. They are also sending it uh, this request to their uh, councils and um, so that's uh, basically what we're looking for. Um, the grant would be approximately $30,000 that we'd be applying for. One of the reasons we're, we're looking at this grant, just to, to let you know, it's a, um, a lot of times when you're putting together agreements, um, there are certain areas that are is highly specialized and you have to look at a lot of different factors this is one of those areas um, we're looking at um, should it be based uh, in the future should it be based on assessment should it be based on people should it be based on amount of apparatus uh, if when you do provide fire services like we do with the county of northern lights there's uh, quite a few um, uh, piece of equipment we have to make sure that we have on a site uh, are we looking for a short-term agreement or long-term agreement our current agreement right now says that uh, uh, we are co-owners of these new pieces of equipment therefore when the agreement ends technically either we have to buy out county of northern lights or they have to buy us out um, if they've you know so those are things you have to look at the long term 
Um, uh, and, and so by getting an expert help, uh, it's just looking at all the parameters and putting together the, the factors of, of what we should be looking at. Uh, that's why we uh, were proposing this. With the fire services review that we're about to have presented to us with the review that uh, uh, a couple of our other municipalities have just completed um, and these discussions coming up as far as the agreements between both of these uh, or these municipalities, how would this all tie everything together with the, this all, all this new information coming forward? How, how are you planning on doing that? Well, well um, when we, we met with the other uh, municipalities, uh, we did say we would be sharing our report with them and they'd be sharing their reports uh, with us. Um, it, and the recommendations that are going to be uh, coming in basically um, are suggesting we need to get this ball rolling fairly quickly. Yeah. So I have a question, Chris. For, the, for these grants, for some of the other granting programs that they have, that we're each municipality is limited to the number of applications. Is that the case on this one? Can we be the lead on as many, or we can only be lead on? We can be a lead on two. So uh, we actually had three that were uh, coming up here tonight. Uh, we would have been the lead on two of them. But one of them um, uh, was withdrawn uh, because uh, one of the other municipalities pulled out on that part of it. On, on, on one of the, um, the the peace officer services one um, so we only have two so we'll probably lead on both these right now if no one else has any questions I'll make a motion that we accept the recommendation to uh, uh, make an application to the Alberta Community Partnership Grant Program to hire a contractor to assist the municipalities formulate a new fire service agreement for council review and adoption. All in favor? So I have eight has been uh, deleted. Item nine is a request for decision on the Alberta Community Service Alberta Community Partnership Grants and this one is for IT services. So uh, this is very similar to the previous uh, request. Um, uh, what uh, this one is, is this will be a request for approximately $60,000, and the town uh, would be putting in 60000 So it would be basically a matching grant um, in, in this case. Uh, currently, we spend approximately 65000 on IT services. Um, the purpose of this one here is to basically, uh, we have a couple of IT projects that we'd like to get done this year that if we were to actually do these projects, it would cost us more money. But um, what we're hoping to do is um, uh, take our GIS system that we have currently in engineering, uh, amalgamate it with the MMS, MMSA system, and um, then what would happen, that would alleviate the fees that we're paying to a private organization to use their uh, GIS system. That fee is approximately $20,000 a year uh, for just the program and then $10,000 for support. So it would be overall a $30,000 decrease in expenditures to do a GIS system. And right now, currently, we have two. One that we're actually paying for with MMSA, but we're not using and then one that we have right now with all the materials. So what we want to do is transfer all that material over here. Um, it'll take about three to four months uh, of time. 
um, uh, to actually transfer this information over. And But again, the cost savings is there. What we're hoping is with this cost savings, and then what this will do is this will continue to fund that position um, all the way through. Um, the town of Flair, uh they have IT services that they use once a month. So if this grant is successful, they would basically get the uh, service again once a month, uh, uh, and they wouldn't be contributing anything. So the town of Peace River would be contributing quite a bit. But um, in the future, uh, year two, they would then, uh, if we continue with the uh, IT services, they would uh, then at that time most likely uh, uh, hire out that individual to do that service. So it's, it's a way to actually expand IT services in the smaller communities. Uh, next year I'd be hoping to see if, uh, if this moves forward to also uh, um, expand the service to uh, Grimshaw and uh, a couple of other municipalities. So does this mean we would be hiring a GIS person more full-time or something? Actually, we have a GIS person right now that has mm -hmm. uh, uh, quit. This would actually, um, we wouldn't be having a GIS person at all. We would have a full-time IT person uh, that would manage our entire system and um, uh, work with Adam. Take a, a lot of pressure off of Adam right now. Uh, he's right now uh, doing quite a bit of our IT uh, in between our independent contractor, and uh, it would take uh, a lot of his load off so he can then concentrate on IT itself. Or sorry, yeah. So the GIS th part, I think, is the part I'm not really understanding. Mm -hmm. My impression was that was a fairly um, um, technical, uh, subject-specific kind of job. So this IT person would be capable of doing that plus other IT stuff? Correct. It's, it's a combination. We'd be using the GIS person from the MMSA uh, who has actually come on in taking a look at our system. Uh, we've also had uh, Trent, our engineer, take a look. Originally, Trent, when he first uh, was looking at the system, thought that, oh, no, we should just keep uh, the system that we had. Then he saw what MMSA has, their IT person, what our IT person could do, uh, or sorry, not our IT person, but you know what uh, our IT capabilities are. And uh, he came back and he says, oh, no, this is... His thought pattern was definitely to uh, um, move it over and uh, save it. Um, we had from uh, some staff members saying we should keep the original system, but it was it's it's just a duplication of a system, basically. So, in terms of MMSA, our agreement kind of says we get a uh, GIS person for how many days a week? We, we get that that person for one day a week. So is that going to be sufficient to do this? Or? Correct. It, it will be to help. And, and that's why it will take a few months to get it uh, transferred over. So what system do we actually have? What are we running right now? Oh, my, oh my goodness. Um, the one we So it's not like Arc, Arc Info or Arc Map or. No, we use Arc um, online for the embedded web maps that we see. Like, uh, so that's our, um, and that's using a free license right now that we're able to find. Uh, we have Arc online for the web mapping stuff right now. We have, um, and the 
big issues. We have our internal GIS system that we use for the tax stuff that's based off of it. R runs off Diamond, right? Well, it integrates to Diamond. Integrates with Diamond. So it's pulling the information from our tax system, and then we have a secondary web map system um, that's pulling information from a company called Atlas, which is a loosely provincially affiliated company that charges us a user fee, and we get information based on land titles from that. Those two systems are pulling roughly the same information from two different sources, tax and land, um, and they're going to two different places. One is publicly accessible, that's the web map that you guys go. The other is our internal GIS system, which we access through a number of different programs. Um, AutoCAD is one of them, uh, and that's got all of the very detailed stuff that we need for our internal purposes, mostly engineering stuff. Um, where the $20,000 con contract is mostly coming from is the online web mapping stuff, the GeoMedia. I would, uh, if the discussion's done, Your Worship, I would put a motion on the floor that uh, we uh, direct administration to apply for an Alberta Community Partnership Grant for IT services for a one-year pilot project. So, Mr. Parker, if I could, you've asked MS, MMSA has been part of the discussions about Yes. Changeover? Uh, we had a meeting, um, our outgoing GIS technologist, Dan, uh, myself, uh, two people from MMS MMSA, the current GIS guy that we get once a week, and the previous guy who was coming here but is the actual designer of the web map. So there's two people at MMSA. There's Leo and Tom. Tom is our GIS guy that comes in once a week and does mapping for us. Uh, Leo used to do that, but now he works out of the MMSA office. Leo has designed a program that is that we that is really good. Um, it needs some fine tuning, and it, it, there's some sort of kinks involved. But it, it would be a great program, and that's where it's coming from. That answers the question. This system that we're talking about does it is it uh, tied into with the, the GIS where we track complaints and all that underground infrastructure and everything, is it the same GIS system, the one that we just got here not too long ago? So that system that you're thinking about, I think, is the uh, concern tracking software about, like, if somebody calls in with a garbage concern, whether or not it's been resolved. Uh, this is, those ones are two different systems for two different things. They'd be pulling information from similar places, but not working off the same system. What about the, the uh, like, the age of the water lines, all the water breaks? That's coming from our central GIS system. So that's not part of what we're talking about now? It is. Uh, you could service us and you could service uh, <coughs> Grimshaw and you could service Berwyn and I don't know if Manning's part of the MMSA but yeah so so you, so you could have one one GIS system serviced by one individual through MMSA for uh, for small sized turbines 
it looks like they're trying to develop a product like that. They showed us one that they did for Smoky River, which is uh, sort of similar to what we'd be getting. There's some differences, namely Smoky River has a lot more geographical territory than we do, so stuff like the satellite images takes a lot longer to load, but um, it was a nice product. Although I, um, I'm just, uh, Mr. Ford was right in the sense that when we, uh, Ms. Adams, um, spoke about the complaint she was going to actually tie it into that central data right uh, central GIS data system but there is, there is a way we'd have to take a yeah. yeah we'd have to take a long hard look but it's possible it's still yeah. doable kind of awkward okay so we voted on that though didn't we yeah okay on to request for a decision request for sponsorship for songrise music conference and they're looking for a thousand dollars. Yes, they are. It's, um, it used to be uh, this conference used to be uh, run by the group uh, No Limits Music. Um, they changed their name to the Songrise Music Conference, and I think this is going to be their ninth um, conference. It's held from May 13th and 14th. Uh, they bring in a lot of uh, people to help the local songwriters, um, musicians to get us and help them develop their skills and and, and give them a sort of a leg up. Uh, council has supported this group for about the last four to five years, and uh, they've not, never increased their request. It's always been $1,000. And uh, administration's recommendation is that we once again support this conference. Although you, all these options talk about a thousand dollars, option one, option two, and no dollars in option three, and then I, your recommendation I, I, was twenty five hundred. I, I apologize to council. I did send out an amended uh, request for decision on Sunday. Um, it was brought to my attention that I had actually submitted a draft. S rather somebody's than just actual. playing with you. <laughs> well, yeah, I know that's okay. I'm going to explain this because um, I uh, I did error on this so um, I did submit the correct one and with the proper recommendation you had a little Christmas scotch left over I see Well, actually I had the Christmas scotch uh, I, when I reviewed it I missed that myself so it's uh, really my fault not uh, the, the manager's fault well, okay. I should have thought that okay. uh, someone's going to make a motion on that I think that in the absence of the deputy mayor's hand going up I think I've interrupted her hand motion and I would put a motion on the floor that council provide support to the song rise music conference in the amount of one thousand dollars all in favor passing Anderson. so <clears throat> then we go on to a uh, a request from for sponsorship from Alberta pond hockey yeah, it was nice to see that the Alberta Pond Hockey Association is uh, once again holding the competition at Lac Cardinal, March 4th to 6th. Um, council in the past has uh, contributed $1,000 to the event, or $5,000 to the event, and um, recommendation from, from administration is to once again be a gold sponsor at the $5,000 level. Yeah, I never cared for platinum myself. <laughs> I have trouble parting. I have trouble parting with money, um, sir. So I, uh, I want to be generous, but not overly. So can, you, oh. so is this is this a donation 
that we're rec or we're they're asking for over and above the in-kind equipment donations that we're going to be providing? It would be if we are providing in-kind uh, donations of equipment. I was not aware of any. So I thought they were asking for uh, generators and that kind of stuff as well. In the letter, um, it says, in previous years, this is from Dave Allen, President, yeah. Town of Peace River has provided the Hockey Central, or been a Hockey Central sponsor and provided a generator, bobcat, et cetera, et cetera. So that was my question as well. Is that in the 5,000 or is over and above? Because yeah, I know the town, the town has provided that equipment in the past, so I'm just wondering, is that part of this ask? In the past, if they've, um, this, if the town... Uh, provided the equipment and also five thousand dollars in sponsorship. We actually cut them a check, and I wasn't so, aware of, of us uh, providing any equipment this year. But if we would, that would be in kind. Do we need to authorize the equipment? You uh, well, you you could do that as, as a donation, or you just. Uh, um, direct uh, staff to right they they don't have their pond hockey till march anyhow <laughs> so because there's staff time too right like it's not like with the dave allen at when we had had supper the night he was talking that they're expecting one of our employees to be there like yeah. both days yeah. so Most maybe we'll get bumped up to platinum anyhow okay could be like i said i wasn't aware of any if if we were going to be providing anything Okay, who wants to make a motion on this one? Councilor Mackey? I'll do it. Um, so I would accept administration's recommendation on this one as well to do a, be a gold sponsor for the Alberta Pond Hockey. All in favor of Councilor Mackey's motion? Passed. So do we need to include the in-kind contribution? Uh, we, we can wait because uh, yep. they, don't, they, they don't, don't need it right away. They don't need it until beginning of March. Uh, <clears throat> the um, the next one is a request for decision regarding Carnival de Saint Isidore. Once again, Carnival Saint Isidore is um, upcoming February twelfth and thirteenth, uh, and they have requested that we be a sponsor once again. In the past, we have uh, contributed a thousand dollars to the event. Uh, Council's recommend or rec. Administration's recommendation is to once again be a platinum sponsor uh, of the Carnival in the amount of $1,000. Um, Deputy Mayor. I move that uh, Council become a platinum sponsor of the Council, uh, well, St. Isidore Carnival, to the amount of $1,000. All in favor? Okay. Uh, request for air show. 2016. Boy, you got quite a few here, Mr. Shram. Okay. Oh, you're going to handle this one. Yeah, this one doesn't really contribute uh, funds, right? Well, very little uh, financial implications here. Um, so um, basically, um, uh, just before Christmas, uh, Council directed staff to uh, meet with the air show and, and um, also Black Cardinal Group. And uh, couple of other uh, individuals and uh, what we did is uh, we, we met with the group we uh, we met with Lac Cardinal we we um, uh, met with the the airport committee 
and we all basically uh, start looking through this process and uh, uh, when we actually uh, got down to the the nuts and bolts of it, uh, a lot of the concerns um, were alleviated. So one of the major concerns that uh, we had was uh, if there was a deficit, would uh, this organization be coming back to the town later on and asking for funds? Um, and, and what happened at that particular point is... Uh, uh, the individuals uh, sponsoring the, or, or doing the group said, no, uh, what will happen if they do not have enough money, the show is going to be cancelled. So that was uh, that was a good uh, um, a point on, on our side because uh, we, we didn't want to all of a sudden just uh, contribute and then, you know, feel obligated. We'd have to put in another forty or $50,000. What we also did is we took a look at their budget and uh, we said, okay, your budget's a little high uh, of what you're asking from us. And they went back and uh, they started trimming it. Um, we also uh, sent it out to uh, uh, a gentleman who has actually done two air shows um, and uh, actually made money and came back and, uh, with some suggestions. And um, so looking at all this, uh, the staff uh, has uh, suggested that uh, we should uh, make a recommendation to uh, move forward with this on the condition that, you know, if they do run a deficit, they'll be canceling this uh, prior to uh, the show actually going off. So they're going to be planning for a break-even without anticipating ticket sales yeah that's what they're that's what they're planning on they're planning uh, everything um, and, and actually I'm not sure if it was the ticket sales or but they will break even prior to them actually uh, it's not that they're gonna have lots of profit they're planning on a small profit yeah. um, but they're planning on it being cost neutral if it isn't they will be canceling at that specifically really? yeah. so um, yeah, that, that was one of our big concerns. And, and as for time, um, we, we did have uh, our new transportation SMS manager take a look at this and, and give comments. Uh, and uh, he basically said uh, there are some ways that uh, uh, staff time can be limited to. So it's minimal staff time. So the, the ask right now is for permission to host the air show? Correct. There's no other asks with There's respect no to asks. people, time, or no. anything. See, what this ask is for right at this particular point is they, they have to go to uh, Federal Canada to uh, uh, put the show on. And so in order for them to do it, they need to have permission from the municipality that actually has the airport. And so that's basically what we're doing at this point. So this is why we're, we feel comfortable moving forward with this basic motion right here. But I guess it gets back to there's got to be some staff time at this. Oh, there is staff. So yeah. there is. There so will that, be staff. that amount will come in some later Correct. request. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, uh, um, the new transportation SMS manager, um, he has run two of these shows himself. So he's quite familiar with them. And um, he has uh, quite a few ideas to decrease staff time and still meet all the federal requirements in SMS. I'll make, if no one else has any question, I'll make the motion to accept the recommendation uh, that we allow the Peace River Air Show Association to host the air show July 26th, 17th, 2016 and use the airport facilities on the basis that it will not proceed if there is going to be a deficit and if all conditions outlined by the town be adhered to as set forth by administration that was proposed to Council on October 14th, 2015. 
All in favor? Unanimous. Okay. The next item is a request for a decision regarding the Peace Regional Dance Society. Uh, they have an application in to host a... Is it a dance-off? <laughs> uh, it's a dance festival. I don't oh, know about okay. being a dance-off, but it is a dance festival. And they do bring a lot of dancers in from uh, around the Peace Region into town. Um, the group is requesting $2,000 to help offset the cost of associating this, uh, of, uh, of hosting this event. Uh, last year we did uh, provide $2,500 in assistance to them for the, this um, this function. Um, administration's recommendation is to provide the assist, uh, financial assistance to the Peace Regional Dance Society in the amount of $2,000. Uh, for $2,000 or $2,500? They asked for $2,000. Okay. So okay. I, I don't give away more than I have Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Mr. Mayor, I put a motion on the floor to... The Council or the town provided financial assistance to the Peace Regional Dance Society for the amount of $2,000. All in favor? Unanimous. So we can quickly move on to the next item, which is another request for funding. This one for, for the Glen Mary Science Fair. And this is actually a request for $126 so they can rent some tables from us. To offset the cost of renting tables, correct. Um, Council did uh, pass a policy that we no longer waive the fees, that we provide a, a grant um, to cover the costs so that we can track what it actually costs us when we do waive fees. Um, so administration's recommendation is that we do provide the $126 to um, the Glen Murray School for their science fair table rentals. Okay. He's going to make that motion. I'll put that motion on the floor, Your Worship, that Council provide $126 to Glen Mary Regional Science Fair to cover the costs of table rental. All fair. So we don't, do we know what uh, Director Bell does with all the money she's getting from all these $126? Uh, it actually shows up in her uh, revenue side. Oh, does it? Oh, Absolutely. Good. What was happening in the past is we were waiving all these fees, but we had no idea exactly cost to us. So this is one way of tracking. tracking. Okay, so that takes us to reports. Uh, there are four... Uh, we had one other agenda. Where did the uh, that workshop on Wednesday? Oh, right, okay. Uh, thanks for catching that, Councillor Burr. So there's a workshop... The one was held on the 15th. One's going to be held tomorrow. It's uh, being hosted by the AUMA down in... Leduc. Leduc, and it's regarding linear tax assessment. Um, this is the one, if councillors recall, that uh, uh, Northern Sunrise... County was, and the MD of Peace was extorting, uh, extorting us, or not extorting, but Exhorting. really encouraging us to attend uh, so that we understand the issues surrounding linear tax assessment. And Councillor Burr thought it would be good to have someone attend. So, uh, and I'm taking it, Deputy Mayor Manzer, it will be. Uh, not able to attend that one. That is correct. 
So Mr. Burr is volunteering. I'm not sure I volunteer, but I think it's important that we go. I like to hear kind of what's going on, so I'm prepared to take a day off and go down and attend. So. Okay. So uh, motion to enable Councillor Burr to attend the AUMA Linear Tax Assessment Symposium in Leduc on January 26th. No, 27th. 27th, yeah. So someone want to make that motion? Thank you, uh, Councillor Needham. I would put a motion on the floor to uh, um, um, enable Councillor Burr to attend the AUMA Linear Tax Assessment event on January 27th in Leduc. All in favor? Passed. So that takes us to reports. Um, the, there are five items under check registry, and they covered the dates from December 14th to December to January the 11th. So, um, are there any questions that councillors may have on those? I had one. Okay. Signal Electric. What do they do? It was three hundred and sixty-three thousand dollars. Oh, the FEC upgrade? Oh, okay, perfect. Okay. 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 Um, why don't we just go through all the reports and then we can just do an omnibus motion uh, to accept these for information. So the next one was bylaw enforcement summary. Uh, that was the 2015 summary. Any, uh, any questions on that? Um, the, then there was a 2015 uh, summary from Community Services, and I think this is the one I, uh, I really like this one. So they tried to tie in, uh, they tied into the council strategic plan, so that's, that was good to see, so, and, uh, and I see, uh, Boy, they're packing them into the museum and and the pool. They've really stepped up their game in community services. <laughs> it's the new air handling system makes a wonderful difference, I think. Although I see the early bird crowd is is a bit on the thinner side, uh, Ms. Mazur. Some of them uh, left the country. <laughs> This is an annual report that's comparing it to 2014. So. Okay. Uh, so, any uh, any questions on those on that on the community services one? Uh, then we had corporate services, and uh, I have one question on that one. Um, it's item 10. It says the quality management plan for building accreditation was approved. What is that? Uh, that was a, uh, a project done by the planning uh, department. I'm not exactly sure of the document, but when speaking with uh, Ms. Martineau, um, it was something that needed a couple of adjustments to it and was brought before council, I think, near the beginning of the year. Is this like building codes? I believe so. I'm not okay. totally familiar with it. Okay, thanks. 
Uh, sorry, no. I think that the, the quality management plan is is actually to have uh, appointed specific individuals from the Safety Code Council <coughs> to be our building management people. So you have to have a you have to develop a, a building quality management plan, and then appoint a specific organization or individuals. And it's not just organization; you have to list all the individuals in that plan to do your um, plumbing, your electrical, your gas. Um, that's what I believe that one is right there. Okay. And then the uh, protected services put in their 2015 year-end report. Uh, boy, those alarms, they just uh, they take up a lot of time. Um, stats are there. So question, question on another topic slightly. Okay. Um, is our disaster services manual, it's complete, it's updated, and we review it once a year? Is that kind of ongoing? It's actually going to be discussed tomorrow night um, it, during our, our, uh, our, our, our meeting. But uh, yeah, it is kind of complete. There's, we are still working on uh, implementing it and making sure um, the final comments are, are coming to know. But basically, it's done. So, Chris, on the on the responses that the fire department responds to, a number of these we do. There is recovery from someone for some of those costs, right? Like, I don't know if you get all of them, but for which ones are there? Are there recovery? Um, many of the uh, motor vehicle conclusions. We could um, uh, go to insurance for that. I believe the hazmat response. Um, I'm not sure about the medical first response. I'm, I'm um, structure fires. If it's an exorbitant amount of structure fires, and if it is in another municipality, we do bill to um, certain fees. I, I remember looking at uh, um, some of our co-response. Or, or a mutual aid that we do, we do uh, bill out for there. So there is some cost recovery. When it comes to those responding to emergencies in those other jurisdictions, that's what that agreement that we voted tonight would deal with. Correct. To figure out a different way of. There's three agreements actually. There's the mutual aid one. Then there's the one that specifically is with the uh, the county of uh, um, Northern Lights, and then the MDF piece. So the MD piece uh, is running out in July, uh, end of June. Um, we are going to be asking uh, if we can extend it for about another six months. The one with Northern Lights ends at the end of this year. Uh, we're going to make a recommendation uh, because we feel it's probably going to take a few months to get everything done, and so we, we'd like to extend uh, the, the contract at least until. This would be in the void area. Yeah, that void area that they're looking at right now. And then the mutual aid, our understanding is that also expires at the end of the year. So, um, but the mutual aid is much bigger than these two ones. So, uh, if we were going to use this organization to help us, we'd uh, we'd have to try and get uh, all the municipal. I think there's ten municipalities that are involved in the mutual aid one. So, I guess I guess well, I guess it comes part of the discussion. You know, in my mind, with the. Responding to the emergency in the other areas, I think somehow I think right now we're only paying for the actual direct costs as opposed to our ongoing capital costs to have a fire hall and that kind of stuff, which I think 
you know, that needs, in my mind, has to be built into those agreements with, with the adjoining municipalities. And, and see, that's one of the problems, even with mutual aid uh, uh, components of it. Uh, if you are, you're not really even getting the direct costs because all your capital costs that you have holding those vehicles, making sure you got those vehicles online, um, are really not getting recovered for the, the few calls. We had, uh, I think, three calls just this last little while to the MD apiece, um, the first two weeks of, uh, of, of uh, January. So, and, and when you look at the cost recovery, it's, it's, it's there, there's some issues there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so that's it for reports. So a motion to, I'll, I'll take a motion to accept reports 10.1 through 10.5 um, for information. I'll move that we accept reports 10.1 through 10 through 5 for information. Okay. All in favor? Passed. Uh, Councilor reports, I see no one added in a report. Even though Alicia went to, uh, to, Ms. Fallon went to the trouble of mailing us all a template and form, and I was all keen to fill it out and mention the town of, the meeting with the town of Grimshaw, not this past Tuesday, but the Tuesday before, and that was, so that would have been January 12th? So uh, that was that's actually the first time the two councils have uh, ever met in living memory, and and actually I thought it was pretty productive uh, exchange, and um, perhaps with we will see some collaboration on uh, public works ex equipment sharing public work work. Sharing the cost of public works equipment. Uh, anything else I should add about that, the town of Grimshaw meeting? Okay. Um, so that was the only meeting I think I've attended in two weeks. Ms. I, I attended one today. Uh, it was on the uh, Mighty Peace Watershed Alliance. And... Um, News for the the town. Um, I think the alliance has been talking to administration about a possible rain barrel um, sort of fundraising, minimal fundraising for the alliance. But uh, they might uh, be at the trade show this year in town, which they haven't done in the past. And uh, they would be trying to invite people to sign up, well, to go to a, a site pay for a rain barrel that would then be delivered to the town to store and would be handed out in June sometime. So more details to come on that. So the rain barrels are those ones you put at the corner of your house and have the spout go into and save water. Also at this meeting, uh, the AGM this year will again be in Peace River and um, my uh, term as small urban rep is uh, ending. And other than that, there's many, um, or there's much work to do in that group with respect to ongoing plans about um, um, management of the watershed, is putting it simply. Okay. Ms. Banky. 
I think the only other one in addition that I had last week was um, our budget meeting on uh, oh. January 21st. Right. And the next budget meeting, Mr. Parker, is... Uh, what, what we're waiting for right now is we're waiting for um, uh, a meeting that we're going to be having with the private industry. And uh, then once uh, that uh, comes out um, and the report that we're waiting for tomorrow night, um, we'll then schedule another meeting. So we'll probably, uh, right after that, that meeting next week, I believe it is, we'll uh, schedule uh, one, possibly two more meetings, and then we should be done. Um, I'm kind of wanting to get a little more specific there. Are you talking the week of February 8th is Correct. when? Okay, thanks. Correct. Correct. February 8th, yeah. Okay. Um, um, Mr. Ford. Mr. Burr. I attended the, whatever they called the advisory committee for the Peace Service School Division, but I'll send a written report because it was after the deadline for reports this time. But. And Mr. Needham. The only thing I can report is uh, we had a strategic planning session with the library board and uh, it was a two-day event and uh, one of the, on the 21st we had a budget session so I missed it, but I did attend on the 20th and uh, the library is required to provide a so-called plan of service. So Leslie Jasky is still the chairperson and the plan of service will be developed. It's got a budget. Uh, and often um, her and the library manager often come before council and present it to you. So uh, nothing, uh, uh, no bells going off there in terms of budget issues or uh, requests. This is sort of standard management practices and processes around libraries and the requirement under the Library Act that they uh, complete this plan. And like I said, I, I only had, I participated in one day, but uh, it was a worthwhile session and all the board members were there. Okay. That takes us to information. So we've got uh, 12 items there. Um, I'll just ask councillors, uh, is there any, uh, any item or items there that they wish to underscore? Yes, Your Worship, on uh, item number six, the letter from Carnival de Saint Isidore, there is a specific ask in that letter for uh, attendance from council to help at their opening ceremonies. Um, I'm taking it that you are volunteering, Mr. Ford. I am not available that day, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh, I think the request was actually for you, Your Worship. Was it? <laughs> I can't agree. February uh, 12th. I probably, when, the opening night will probably be that Friday, right? Yeah. February 12th at 8 p.m. Yeah, I won't be able to attend. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm booked. So is somebody willing to to uh, step in for me. I think I might be able to go, but I'm not positive. Very positive. good, Deputy Mayor. So I'm sure Councillor Sawchuck would volunteer. Do we need an enabling motion for Deputy Mayor to uh, to attend the St. Isidore 
uh, opening ceremonies? Somebody want to make that so motion? Okay. All in favor? Okay. Uh, are there any other items there that councillors wish, wish to highlight? I just would like to comment on the um, the police RCMP reports. Um, going through those, the number of false alarms seems to be kind of on an upward move for all their stats. So I think that's kind of you know time consuming. I don't know what can be done about it, but Where, in which one was the uh, false alarms? Was that the first one or? Um, yes, and it comes up again and again. Oh. Because I looked through this and I didn't see it. Oh, there it is. False alarms. Common police activities. And then false abandoned 911 calls. They're kind of in line with previous years, though, aren't they? Um, is there one that you'd like to highlight, Mr. Moore? There's a couple things I'd like to get more information about. The number 10, which is the invita invitation from the Peace River Environmental Society. I'm wondering, uh, Chris, if you considered sending some from the town. It looks like the intent of that workshop is to try to encourage municipalities to look at um, lowering our energy footprint and, you know, options of, you know, you know, using less electricity, all that kind of stuff. Like, is there any way that we could send someone to, uh, from administration to participate? It's only like 20 bucks. That wasn't in our line item, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sure we could find $20. Okay, very good. And then the other one, well... Item 11, then, it's the letter from the Peace River and District Health Foundation. I see that as a request for council to fund or to buy a table, and that's what we have done in previous years. So I, I don't know whether that was just something the administration thought we didn't need to support this year or whether this is something we should discuss as a council. I guess I would like to put it out there that I think this is something that benefits the community. I think they look forward to having at least some representation there. So I don't know how many... If council could attend or whether that's far enough out we don't know who can attend yet but councillor I, I really uh, uh, hate to plead this one but both my batteries to my hearing aids went out and I cannot hear you oh, okay <laughs> sorry I'm just like <laughs> sounds bad Okay, the first one was uh, pay twenty dollars entrance. Fee. I've got that one. I heard the twenty. I heard twenty. I can find twenty. And the second one, and I can understand why you went deaf, was uh, pay eight hundred dollars for a table. Uh, actually, it wasn't. It isn't eight hundred dollars, right? It's uh, two hundred or something. No, it's a hundred dollars a ticket, and there's eight well, people at a table. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, eight hundred dollars. And this is on April 2nd. Yeah, this is the annual um, event that the Hospital Foundation puts on for fundraising and, um, I guess, community exposure to what they do. We've, uh, we haven't bought a table for a while because we, don't, we generally don't get eight people going. So 
but we usually uh, enable a number of counselors to attend that can attend. So uh, perhaps bring this up. Yeah, I I don't know what I'm doing on April the second. I don't know. For, for, for some reason, pardon me, Your Worship. For some reason, um, did, I thought I attended last year, and I'm thinking we went with Northern Sunrise County. But am I? Did we share a table? I, I bought a table last year because I was going. I don't know if we had rep. I think I was the only town rep last year at this one. The year before, I think we bought a table. With Northern Sunrise? Yeah, quite possibly and shared with Northern Sunrise. Okay. Right. Maybe, uh, I thought I was there last week. I think you were separate. I think we had maybe just had a couple. Maybe. Well, perhaps we can share another table, maybe uh, with the MD of Peace or the uh, County of Northern Lights or Northern Sunrise County. Perhaps uh, Mr. Parker can make some overtures to the CAOs of those counties. And Northern Sunrise County is on the board um, along with us, so they would probably be a good first choice. So we don't need a motion for the $20 entrance fee to the biomass conference. Okay. And you'll get back to us on the, uh, yes. the spring flame. Okay. Do I have a motion to accept items 11.1 .1 through 11.12 for information? Or 12 or 13? Oh, is it 12.1? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. 12.1 through 12.12 .12 for information. Councillor Minky, all in favor? Great. Any notices of motion, Mr. Parker? There are none. Okay, uh, that'll take us to key communication items. Um, I will turn to the press. As if there was any item that really caught your imagination. And you sounds good actually. Alright, so the uh, the taxi classification request for the serial refugees. Okay. So are you looking for sound bites or what's the what's the scoop? Which one? All of them? Okay. Um well you can talk to me on the taxi pass program. Yeah. I'll take that one as well. Uh, yeah, who wants to take that one? 
maybe we can give it. Maybe you could contact Laura Glor. Okay, great. Uh, so we're going to recess for five minutes, and then we'll uh, go in camera. Convene the meeting and a motion to go in camera. One uh, Mr. Ford. Uh, at 18 minutes to the time.